This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I'm Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin, and today on the Skype phone, we are talking to Jay Funk. Mr. Funk, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am going to explain, I'm going to attempt, sorry, let me try that again. I am going to attempt uh, to explain what you do, and then I'm mm. going to give you a chance, but let me try first. Uh, you are, and stop me if I'm way off base, but you are uh, a professional movement designer, and uh, you've produced some incredible videos on YouTube uh, of a kind of finger dancing called tutting, mm-hmm. and you've had many professional clients, um, probably the, the most recent one of which, or the one where I certainly want to talk to you about, uh, is Marvel, whom you helped design kind of the, the finger motions for spell casting. Uh, in yes. the movie Doctor Strange. This is all correct so far? Yes. So this is one of those Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin shows where I'm going to implore you, the listener, uh, to pause the show for a minute and go over to YouTube and look up some of this guest's videos uh, because uh, you, you, it's just the easiest thing in the world to recommend. They're super fun. Like, basically, if you don't like it, just that that's your problem. Like, it's they're very... <laughs> They're very fun, very shareable, very e- they, they go down easy. They're, they're fun. They're impressive. Uh, so go on YouTube, search for J-Funk, uh, watch some of his videos. Do you have a one or two you might recommend for someone who's, who's going to go look right now? Um, I really like this video that I did in my backyard called I'm Home. Okay, so check out J-Funk, I'm Home, because I'm trying my best to describe it, but you really need to see it. Uh, yeah, and that's... Uh... If you want one that's more geared towards what's happening in Doctor Strange, you can look up my first commercial. It's called Unleash Your Fingers. <laughs> All right, so check out uh, Unleash Your Fingers. Uh, and, I mean, you, you really just, like, it's, it's fun to hear about, but you really have to see these. And don't take my word for it. Here is a clip of Benedict Cumberbatch at the red carpet premiere of Doctor Strange uh, describing Jay and his work. What is then released through the Ancient Ones tutoring is this magical, magical power. And we, we, we sort of orchestrated that with this fantastic guy called Jay Funk, who's uh, a tutter. And that tutting is this amazing, it's like a kind of break dance from the wrist up of fingers, intricate hand movements, and it is spellbinding. So get on YouTube now if you're waiting with your phones on. They might have been taken away, who knows? But if you have a phone afterwards, Jay Funk, look it up, because what he does is phenomenal. We were just scratching the surface with our spells. All right, so how did I do? How did I do? Is that a fair description? Yes, that worked. Now, what do you do? You're going home. We're recording this right before Thanksgiving. You go home, see some family members and friends you haven't seen in a while. How how do you describe to them what you do? (laughs) Um, Well, first off, I guess I'll I'll say that I'm – a professional dancer so I've, I've trained in hip-hop I've trained in popping house dancing I, I really like a variety of dance styles so this is a very tutting and finger tutting are very niche dance styles that I just so happen to like to do a lot but you have and a background so in whole body dances yes yes and then how long did you take that up like as a kid you've you been doing that your whole life um I think I started I pushed myself into dance around age 16, I think. What drew you to dance? Music videos. <laughs> Simply, it was just watching. I, I think I, I remember watching a B2K music video back in the day, and that really that pushed me. I don't know. No, we had a cheerleader on once, but we don't often have the opportunity on this podcast to talk uh, about dance lessons. Like, what... Uh, what did you take away from those? What did, you, you obviously stuck with it to some degree. So what about it uh, connected with you? I, I'm just always, you know, what? actually I think one of the things is every time I hear music, I just, I have to move. It's just, and, and it could be anything. I listen to classical music and I still have to move. So it just kind of, it kind of fit, just fit into place, I think. All right. So, you have something of a traditional dance background, but this finger dancing thing, t- 
tutting is probably something that a lot of people are learning about for the first time now. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's a thing and it's around and like there's many people who thing. are very popular, uh, the yeah. commercials and music videos, like it's out there. I think when people see it, maybe they'll recognize it as something they've seen, even if they didn't know the word. But when right. did you first hear about it? I first heard about it. I was probably 17 and I think I remember watching, uh, I think specifically there are two people in my mind. One is Sala, who's a French popper, and another one is Jay Smooth, who is a American popper. And so watching them, it's just and it was that was tutting. They were not finger tutting. Jay Smooth um, is one of the big pioneers for finger tutting, but I had sort of seen that later. Can, can, we, can uh, we define some terms here quickly? What is yeah. what's a popper? What is tutting and what is okay. finger tutting? What does all that mean? Gotcha, gotcha. So popping is, uh, I, I guess. A lot of people will call it pop locking, but that's not the actual term. Uh, popping is sort of like an illusory um, dance style where you're you're literally like tensing your body up on the beat. It, but basically, like anytime you see someone kind of like doing the robot, like robotic dance styles, all of that fits under the popping umbrella. Okay. So what's tutting? So tutting is a sub style of popping that involves creating geometric shapes with your hands and arms. Oh. And then smaller, smaller than that, a sub-style of tutting is finger tutting. Are there other sub-genres of popping that I have previously been unaware of? There are so many, it's ridiculous. There's animation, there's botting. There is animation is, literally drawing animation, or are you acting yeah, animated? It is literally, it's acting animated, Like, and there's different ways of performing it. So some people, when they do it, they sort of look like claymation. Other people, when they do it, it sort of looks like an old movie where they're skipping. Um, you know how the the frames per second were slower, so you kind of seem like you're you're skipping things, right? Yeah. So one of actually one of my uh, team members, Poppin' John. Um, if people want to look him up on YouTube, the way that he dances, it's, it just doesn't it doesn't look like you're watching a human. It kind of looks like a it looks like you're watching an old movie that just left and is now in reality. I am going to look that up on YouTube. But yeah. um, there's, so has finger tutting been around for a long time? Finger tutting, I think as a style, it's been around since maybe 1998, 99. And how would one, in, in the, now it's easy, obviously you go to YouTube, you type in finger tutting and you can like watch, I imagine, just every conceivable aspect of it for hours. Right. But yes. in 1998, how would a finger tutter express themselves and kind of put their product out there? Yeah, it was a it will, as a dance style was a lot more, I guess, primitive. But people were literally just making like they'd make like a finger box and then dance with it. It wasn't very uh, involved. And then we have people like D Strange and uh, Tiny Love, uh, Jay Smooth on the West Coast, who started building like a full-fledged style out of it so that there were rules and concepts and things that were actually going on. Would people make videos? Like I'm imagining kind of like 90s skateboarding videos yes. that are kind of like copied and passed around. Yes, they would. Actually, I think the earliest one that I remember seeing is, uh, I think they're called the Liquid Pop Collective. And that was back when you know people were downloading on Napster. And I remember specifically LimeWire. You type in dance and those videos would come up. They were they were selling DVDs of that stuff. All of you know, it sounds like you you really you know a lot about all these different motion systems and ways people can move. Have you mm -hmm. uh, ever done anything that's like acting or sort of I don't know stunt work based? Or I guess we're we're gonna get into movie stuff, but right. um, I mean, at the t like was dancing your way into that? Um, well, so I have um, I, I'm a black belt in karate. Okay. So, but I don't actually do stunt work, though I was in the movie for about, I think I'm in there for like five or six minutes. In Doctor Strange? Yes, I'm in the beginning. Oh, cool. Wait, all right. We got, we'll save our Doctor Strange stuff for the end. But you do karate, too. Right, I do. Is karate at all like dancing? Like, sure, they both involve your body. Surely there's some right. shared skills between the two, right? Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, it's very, I, you know, I, I'll have to say, like, when you do tutting and martial arts, there's just like the way that your body feels doing them. They're just, they go hand in hand. I think the, the feeling I, is similar or they're, they're complimentary. Yeah. 
it's it's similar um cuz because karate is not very flowy you know it's like one move one move one move um in popping you can do sort of like a lot of different body parts and moving at once and then stopping and then you know it's it's a little more i would say it's more complicated but in karate it's very straight form and um tight and so in tutting that's more towards the type of movement that you're doing it's tighter it's uh it's intricate it has rules so one thing i want to understand just one more thing i want to understand about the history here is you were 17 when you started to see this i'm actually i don't know that i i got like uh how old are you now like when you're 17 was this in the 90s when these videos were being passed around no, uh, so I'm 26, and that was probably like 2000s. That was 2007 for me. Gotcha, gotcha. So mm-hmm. you got in, you leaned into finger tutting. It at least sounds like. Do you still do? And like, I guess, uh, tell me about like going from being an all around dancer and like you know mm-hmm. studying all these things and just kind of focusing or specializing a little bit in finger tutting and how that uh, process went. Right. So for my. I would say like my online persona, I try to just go with um, what I would call my specialty, but I'm still, I'm still on a dance team. We're called Technicians. Uh, we were on America's Got Talent. Uh, we wore the, uh, you know, we had a, <laughs> the actual televising was kind of bizarre, but we got to, I think, semifinals and we were the ones wearing robot helmets and doing like a robotic dance routine. How'd you meet your dance crew? Who's your dance crew? Um, so we're called technicians and it's with a Z. Tell me it's with a Z. Yeah, it is with a Z. Yes. (laughs) It is with a Z and it's, uh, it's me. Um, we call him SpongeBob Aaron Hicks, who is on a, so you think you can dance, um, Poppin' John and then random who is also on a separate team with Poppin' John. And what was that experience like being, you know, being on that show for a little bit it sounds like you made it through at least i don't know the exact format of the show but you must have been on at least twice i guess right yeah what what was that Uh, like was that was doing it i mean where do you that's like a a very unusual thing because it's like a talent show and it's on tv but like where do you let's go let's put a pin in that and come back to it before that like where where do you dance like where does a dancer uh you know kind of make his bones um i mean there's a lot of different ways. I think you know. For me, I have to say that I'm. I've been really fortunate that I, I do a really niche. I you know I specialize in a really niche dance style where there's not a lot of competition. And when somebody, you know, when somebody sees something like this or they think they have an idea for someone to do hand stuff, and they go online and type stuff in, it's like me and people who are on my other dance crew, and that's it. <laughs> so there so it's no one there is no like casting call for like people who do this so in in that way i've been lucky in the in the dance world i would say it's it's a lot tougher um especially in choreography everybody is doing that it's harder to build your own style and and get with that so freestylers have a i think a much harder time getting jobs so I, I, did you have a lot of experience dancing on a stage at least Yes, yeah, so I I was on Academy of Villains. They're another team that was on America's Got Talent. Um, I danced with New Era, which is a junior team. Um, that was back when I was, I think that was 17 and 18. Yeah, I've been on, I think, like six different dance teams by now. Do you prefer being on a team to dancing solo? No, I mean, they're both, they're both really cool in their own ways. Um, I think I'm having fun with my my teams right now. So I'm in, I'm in finger circus. (laughs) Great name. Um, so I'm in finger circus and we are a bunch of specialized tutting and, um, finger tutters. And, uh, and then I'm in technicians right now. So, so what was your experience like on the show? On America's Got Talent? Yeah. (laughs) I did not like it. I would never do that again. What was the problem? It's just, it's just so bizarre and fake. Was it the performance uh, or the way it was ultimately presented? Uh, I mean, it's just the whole way that they treat the people who are uh, who are on the show behind the scenes, like the so, contestants. You, I won't. Such as yourself. Yeah, I'm not going to elaborate on it, but Fair enough. I would. Yeah. Okay, so when you're on stage dancing, I don't know. Is that different than like? 
what do you, what do you think when you're on stage dancing? I mean, is it do you think about the people watching? Or are you dancing like no one is watching? Yeah, I'm dancing like no one's watching. I think you're just in your own world trying to like hit the marks. Yeah, and then for me, I think I'm trying to impress myself. So I think a part of me is thinking like, you know, I really hope that when I watch the video of this, I'm going to be happy with my performance. And then I also, you know, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's really, it's for me. It's really for me. I think I got to, we we, we got sidetracked um, when we were talking earlier, just kind of about Mm -hmm. how you came to specialize in in finger tutting. Like, when when did you like start to zero in on that? (laughs) Right. So it's actually, it's pretty funny. Me and uh, another classmate when I was in high school, we were just kind of messing with those concepts we had seen. I, I think if I remember, I remember seeing Mike Song, who was on uh, Dance Crew Kinjas, and he was on Kaba Modern on the first America's Best Dance Crew, and he was doing these small finger movements. So it was Tony Tran, who was also on on the same team, and we were just kind of messing around with them. It's kind of a it was back then. It was kind of a joke style. I think on the East Coast they were taking it really seriously, but on the West Coast it was kind of a joke. Um, so we were just kind of messing with it, whatever. And then I remember we did a, a video battle, like an online video battle, you know, just messing around and doing that style. And I couldn't upload mine to Facebook for some reason. So I had to put it on YouTube and we decided the winner and I just sort of, I left it on YouTube, but it's, I didn't really use my YouTube too much. And I come back to it. Uh, I want to say like three weeks later, because I'm trying to upload something else. And I noticed my video has like 200,000 views and I'm like, what the hell? Why? And I'm like looking at the comments and I can't tell what the hell is going on. And I'm thinking about deleting it. Cause I really did not like that video. And my mom was like, Oh, you know, just, just leave it up. It's your 15 minutes of fame. Just deal with it. I'm like, all right. I mean, just leave it. And, you know, if something weird happens, I'll just delete it. My friend tells me that, um, Ashton Kutcher tweeted about it and it was just a really, really short tweet. It just said hand dancing, who knew? And that was where all the traffic was coming from. So he had the biggest Twitter following at the time and literally the entire traffic was coming from that simple tweet. And so after like a month, I think it was like at 600 K or something. And I'm really really thinking about deleting it because i don't like that so many people are looking at it <laughs> um and then and then i started getting commercial requests oh so these are people so, see you can do something neat and they're like that yes. that would be a cool cutaway in our car commercial yes so i remember adidas approached me at once um another mobile phone company approached me did you have to get like an uh, agent to like, I mean, it's, I, it seems as though from the story you're telling me, you were completely unprepared to, I don't know, like yes, negotiate with Adidas. Completely, completely unprepared. Um, the deals went through, well, one of them, so for Adidas, they just, um, I think they probably thought of a different idea and just stopped contacting me. Um, the other one, I didn't want to work out because it was during midterms and they were really pushy on when I needed to go. So I was like, no. And how old are really, you there? You're, really you're still care. in high school? No, so I'm in college. college at this point, okay. My second year. Yeah, my second year in college. And yeah, so... And, what did you go yeah, to college so for? Was it, was it dancing or did you... Uh, no, so I, I studied mathematics at UC Berkeley. Cool. Does that help you at all in dancing? It doesn't. You know what? <laughs> Some, I was hoping you were going to like connect them I, in some weird yeah. way I had never considered, but nope. Yeah. Sometimes I lie to people when it seems like they're so interested in that. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I think of all the different ways that you can do these geometric shapes. And I do the integrals under all the shapes while I do them in space. And I'm like, yeah, but in real life, no. Doesn't help. It's all body. It's, yeah, it's all just uh, sort of like body memory. I suspect there are very few mathematician dancers. That seems like an unusual combination. You know what? You would be surprised, especially in finger tutting and tutting. Um, especially, I know one, uh, they call him Hadoken, and he's very mathematical. And he's actually <laughs> um, both on our own ends, but he's mathematically mapped out um, sort of systems for 
ways that this dance can be performed. And I think that's interesting because it's such a geometric based dance that it can be modeled like that. So it's something like salsa, which has just infinitely complex movements that are not attached to a grid or it can't be expressed geometrically. They don't, it doesn't have that same, um, form but his dance this tutting does yes it does i i guess after you start getting commercial requests you're like i guess this is my thing now and you start yeah working on is that right yeah to be honest yeah so like I, I i've been messing with it for you know a few years and but it was never it was never like oh you know i i'm gonna perform this for everybody this is the thing i do you know it's like i'm having fun with it sometimes i perform it like at parties or something and but I wasn't, I wasn't serious about it at all. And after that, I was kind of like, I can make money with this. Are you kidding me? So I just, you know, I just started getting a little bit more into it and was fortunate enough to keep landing gigs year after year. And yeah, I imagine there's, it's very difficult. Uh, there's not, I, I, to be a dancer, frankly, you just got to like audition and like hope you get into things. And like, um, to be a dancer who is like specifically have people reaching out for you seems very unusual and like a great position to be in. Is that right? right? Yes. Yes, it is. Very much. So now, I mean, what, what do you, so what do you do? Do you, how do you, (laughs) you're like, okay, I'm, I'm a tutter. I'm a finger tutter now. That's my professional job. And Mm -hmm. you're still in college. Are you like, I guess I got to come up with some new dance moves. I got to make videos. Like, what do you think? How do you start to level up your game? Yeah, so I started getting a following. And um, for a while, I never thought about, like, doing any professional videos. I was just filming stuff on webcam and, um, you know, with my phone and random stuff and just posting it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I was just having fun and my my fan base was enjoying it. I don't think a lot of people were the other than, uh, I think moon and Pac-Man who are two other really brilliant dancers. You guys, um, dancers have the best names. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Mine has a, has a pretty boring story. I think what's the story behind your name. It's, it's pretty funny. So, um, back, I would say like in the early times of popping, like one actually no i would say like the second wave of popping all of a sudden it became really popular to just like it was just like the first letter of your name and then like something some like word that was in the dance style so like when you have like jay smooth is literally just like you know his his name's jay and then smooth is like the way that he danced or whatever and and there's like there's p-funk there's uh i think I, I've heard of like Jay Tut and there's, but you know, basically just going off of that. And Wait, I was there's like, a dancer named P Funk. This is not related to Parliament Funkadelic. No, oh, there's man. a dancer called yes P Funk, and that's he confu- is that's confusing. Yeah, it is a little bit. Actually, you know what? There's a there's a rapper called Lil B. This is really funny. There's a rapper called Lil B, and my friend is a locker, so that's another dance style. And he his name in the dance scene is Lil B my friend was able to get uh, on Twitter and he made his name Lil B. And now I don't know if you know who Lil B the rapper is, but he's very, very popular and he was not able. Yeah. 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 So I don't, I don't like him, but he's really, really popular and he was trying to, and he tried to get the name Lil B on Twitter and he couldn't because my friend had it. And my friend is getting messages and tweets from people like, who are you? You're an imposter. Like, how do how could you do this to Lil B the bass guy and like all this stuff and it's like yeah it's so bizarre but yeah the, the dance and music community actually I have that I have that too um, there's a there's a DJ I think he's the official DJ for the Chicago Bulls and he's also called J Funk so we have this really bizarre uh, online presence clash going on at the moment <laughs> so you're in college you are wait one thing I want to ask before we move on. There's yes. popper, there's popping and locking, which I've heard of, and yes. there's poppers, but there's also lockers. Like you can separate the disciplines yeah. into two completely different things. Well, actually, as I was as I was saying earlier, the 
it's actually an incorrect term to say pop locking because popping and locking are separate dance styles. Gotcha. It's Excuse a, me. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, and it's okay because um, it's just the dance styles themselves. They were so intermingling in the beginning that people were like, okay with that term. But as they, as they grew more established, it was like, no, the locking is this thing and popping is this thing. But what is the technical difference between popping and locking? So it's best lock- you can explain it over the phone to me right now. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard, but like locking is like a it's almost it's like a clown dance. It's a it's it's really funky. There's a lot of um leg movement going on and you're kind of all over the stage. You, you know what? I I'll I'll say it as like it's like you're cracking physical jokes in dance form. You're playing around with things like whatever. Popping is the actual the way that we always try to describe it is it's like the dancing robot and so just like the with that terminology they already sound fundamentally different right right, right. if you saw them side by side on video you would completely understand how they're absolutely not the same thing all right so walk me through actually like the actual tutting and making one of these videos. Like when I watch one of your videos and I'm watching you do these crazy things with your fingers, is yep. that completely choreographed ahead of time? Or no. is, is there, there, you're like uh, basically getting out of the dance floor and making stuff up as you go along. Yeah. But you, you must have some moves, right? Like you must have yeah. like, like a, it's, they're so hard to describe, but you're like, uh, you know, like you turn your finger into a star or whatever, I, whatever it is you do. And, um, <laughs> You know, like you must have a few thi- a few set moves you could kind of flow between, right? Yeah. So the the thing that you do is like you just sort of explore like every kind of different avenue that your fingers can go in, and the more that you do that, the more that every time you perform it, your mind just sort of can jump b- those spaces. So to say. So, what so, do you mean? Explore every avenue your fingers can go in. Is that like exercise and practice? Yeah, just sort of. You know, you start with the basics where you're just making squares with everything, and then after after that, there's also the other style of finger tutting because there's there's finger tutting, and then like the other term it would be digits, and that's some of the stuff that doesn't look very geometrical. It looks more like you're doing alien sign language. So you just, I, I'm just trying to imagine I'm going to make a tutting video. How do you pick a song? Right. Like what, what's, what makes a song a good song to tut to? I think for me, it's like, it has to be weird and there has to be a lot of small, subtle sounds to play off of. Right, right, right. That's, that's my favorite thing. Is, is there a favorite artist who you gravitate to? Uh, I really like Thriftworks. And I really like uh, Troy Boy. Are the is that music that you would listen to anyway, and that's also what you enjoy, or do you specifically enjoy it for the purposes of finger tutting? You know, I for like actually dancing, I really like I really like Thriftworks, um, just because it's so much fun to just play with the stuff that's coming out. But I would if I'm just driving in my car, it's probably not going to listen to it. But I would listen to Troy Boy just writing. Have you ever gotten any feedback from any of the people whose music you featured in your videos that they were like, I don't know, excited that someone was doing something crazy to their music? Yes. So edit is the guy who I, I, my first finger turning video, the one that went viral because of Ashton Kusher. He, he messaged me on Twitter saying like, Oh, you know, that's so cool. You know, blah, blah. And he's from the glitch mob, which is one of my favorite, um, artists, and yeah, I mean that was just amazing because you know it, it was it was a group that I've been listening to forever, and and each of them had said something to me about how cool they thought it was. So that must a sign you're on the right track, you know? Yeah, it was it was really cool. Do you have to do like warm up your fingers? I'm picturing like the guitar kind of squeezy exercise thing. Mm-hmm. You know what? I usually don't. It's probably going to screw me in the end, but. <laughs> what is that is that a concern like you're gonna wear out your fingers somehow like you should be stretching them more yeah a, a little bit um but i would also say that i don't really put like all my chips in finger tutting i have a lot of things that i want to accomplish and so when that tires out then i'll i'll just know that i have to put more of my emphasis on the others 
Well, well I guess we'll get to them. Uh, are the other things all dance-related or are there non-dance-related things no. you want to get to too? Yeah, non-dance-related. Non-dance-related. All right, so we definitely got to get, get come back to that. Um, mm-hmm. One more question about these videos. Like, the location. You mentioned earlier, like, you like the one in your backyard. Like, is the location mm-hmm. an important piece of it for you or is it just you were in your backyard one day and turned on the camera? Yeah. <laughs> well, that yeah, so my friend filmed that. Uh, we just liked sort of the the background architecture of my of my house. Uh, I really like geometric looking locations. I'm detecting um, a theme one of the, here. <laughs> yeah. So one of the one of the videos that I just did, I, it was a collaboration with Kuma Films, and my crewmate C Tut was in it, um, and we chose the you know the very recognizable light posts in L.A. And it just really fit sort of like what was going on with our fingers. So things like that, like just really cool geometric architecture, I think it really um, accentuates the dance style. And that video you recommended way back at the top of the show, I, this one in your backyard, I think it was called Home. What was it called again? Uh, I'm Home. So I'm if home. you just type in J-Funk, I'm Home. Like, be the first one. Of all the videos you've made, how co- do you have any idea why that one jumped to your mind when I asked you to pick one to recommend? Like, what makes that one... I mean, they're they're all great as far as I can tell, but, like, I'd have yeah. trouble ranking them, to be honest. Like, what for you <laughs> makes that one the best? Um, I've, It just felt really good to do. Like, I just... I completely blanked out, and I was elsewhere. And when I, when I saw the playback, I was just like, dude, like... <laughs> I really, I'm really feeling this one. So I don't know if anybody else watching it was like, "Oh, this is definitely your best." But no, I, just, I, I, I like imagine it, that comes through. Yeah, um, but I would say, you know, you know, recently I really like the Kuma Films video. And what I is it about it that one? Displays it just, just I really just think it displays the versatility of the style so well. We have um, me, I'm doing digits, and I'm doing some of the more traditional um, finger tutting, and then. Um, my crewmate, C-Tut, is doing like these really bizarre manipulations, also using his face and um, some of his strange flexibility. So, Do you ever, like, do you do this all the time when you're in line at the bank or your fingers just like going crazy doing something weird when you're just, you know, sitting in class? Is this like <laughs> your version of doodling? <laughs> yeah, actually, in the beginning, it was much more like that. I, w- I would say now that I I usually don't do it unless I'm preparing for a for a video or I'm thinking of a a new concept. It's a lot more rare, I think. Are there any other finger activities that you participate in, like <laughs> piano or guitar or maybe magic? You certainly seem like you, with just a little bit of work, you'd probably be a great magician. Yeah, you know I am. I'm working on magic. So Is that I'm true? Starting, yes, I um. I'm working on, well, first of all, working on cardistry, which is more important to me, which is... Cardistry? Yeah, so that's card manipulations. Uh Uh-huh. Is that, and that's, uh, does that fit under magic slash illusion, or is it something else? So what's funny is it's a, it's a style that I, you know, know, someone might correct me uh, later, but I believe it's a style that came out of magic, and it's sort of like the, uh, the sleight of hand stuff that goes on with cards, mm-hmm. but it's been fleshed out into a like a complete visual concept style, sort of like yo-yoing, where it's just like all this crazy stuff is happening with the cards, and people are making patterns and like designs and stuff by moving the stuff around. Yeah. It's really I saw ridiculous. One of those at the Magic Castle in L.A. once, and it was unbelievable. It was one of the greatest things yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, um, my friend, actually, um, Franco Pascali is a really good cardist and he's uh i think he's one of the youngest people to ever perform at magic castle and i think you said why why card just because that fits into this skill set you've already got developing or is there something about that that really interests you yeah it's just it's just really fun and then my my friend who is the owner of fontaine cards and probably one of the most viral uh cardists as they call themselves on the internet just sort of got me into it and it's just really enjoyable that sounds like I should follow up and get his email for a future podcast. Yeah. Let's focus on the present <laughs> now. Do. What about any instruments? you ever create music? Yes. So I have eight years of piano, and then I've also been producing electronic music for about, oh, when did I start? 
2010. So it's been like six years. Uh, but I, I, not so much anymore, but I used to be heavy into it. What about video games? Yes, a lot. Okay. <laughs> what kind of games are you playing? Is it like, uh, I, I, I guess I'm specifically curious about something like Street Fighter or Tony Hawk, mm. where there'd be like a lot uh, of quick yeah. and accurate button inputs required. Yeah, yeah. Not, you know, <laughs> not so much anymore, but I used to be uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee. Sure, that like, would fit, yeah. Heavy, heavy. Just and I, I still feel like they they ruin the physics of that with the future releases. But um, it's the you know the later games are still enjoyable. But melee is just it just felt so much more skill based, and you had to you had to have your timing perfect with everything. And but I play a lot of Overwatch right now. Overwatch oh, is I my love thing. It. I'm really an Overwatch, and I'm gonna have to work very hard to keep, stay on topic and not turn this into an Overwatch podcast right now. <laughs> but what about uh, fingerboarding? You know, in, in looking at this, it occurred to me that, like, this seems sort of like a distant cousin of fingerboarding. Remember fingerboarding? Yeah, I remember fingerboarding. Was that I ever did, of interest uh, to you? That, yeah, I did that for a second. <laughs> Before all of this? Yeah. You must have but, been insane at it. You know what? I was really terrible at it. That's hard. It was so hard. What was hard? Yeah. Just, like, keep it. I never tried I know, it, I guess, like, but, like. Because I had, I had friends who I, I know if they try to you know do finger turning maybe terrible at it but you know they were doing crazy kick flips and you know all this stuff and landing back on the board and i was like what are you guys doing how do you do this <laughs> so i just like i don't know but it was you know it was cool but in my little friend groups where we were doing it but i was yeah i was not getting it <laughs> do you think anyone who has reasonable dance skills, someone who is, let's say, a competent, just a reasonably competent dancer, can, yes. can anyone learn tutting, or do you need some sort of finger dexterity? And I ask, because I, I'm, not a reason, I'm not even a competent dancer, so I'm not really eligible for the hypothetical I've laid out anyway, but yeah. I, uh, I can't do, to my great shame, I cannot do like the live long and prosper hand gesture. Like, <laughs> middle and ring fingers just do not want to go apart. And I can't yeah. do like, do, do I have a chance of ever being a professional finger tutter, Jay? <laughs> you know, with, with any physical genre, you have to work with what's given to you. So in my case, um, I don't have a lot of, I wouldn't say I have a lot of flexibility in my fingers. Um, so some of my, some of my crewmates can bend like their pinkies back to their hand, you know, and, uh, uh, uh you know, if anybody listening wants to look up peanut, this guy has just ridiculous fingers. And what I've learned is like, okay, I don't have the flexibility, but I can get, like, I can work on these concepts so much that I can just, I can literally just like give you like a finger performance for like 10 minutes straight and not repeat. So that's super rare in, I think, any dance style, but I've just sort of like, focus really hard on the flow of it. So it kind of just looks like a seamless transition of a bunch of really uh, complicated movements. So you just kind of like, so in your case, you can't do this, the Spock thing. And um, in my case, I could tell you that in my entire style, I've probably used the Spock thing for like one concept ever. So I still, I could do it is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, we got to talk, speaking of Spock uh, and, and seamless transitions, uh, we got to talk about this Doctor Strange thing, the, mm -hmm. is it, it, which is, uh, it's interesting to me because this is a totally, even though um, we're talking about finger motions, it seems like yeah. teaching people, much less these great actors like Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. and Tilda Swinton, and um, mm -hmm. how do you say his name, Mads Mikkelsen? Yes, that's right. Uh, like, these are great actors. Like, t but yes, putting aside are. that they're great actors, teaching people how to do this is a different, mm. seems like it would be a different skill set than yeah. just doing it. And just because you can do one doesn't necessarily, just because you can do it doesn't necessarily mean right. you can teach it. Did you have right. experience teaching this before, uh, before you started working with Marvel? Yes. So I, I've, I, you know, I've, I taught karate, I taught dance. This was no different, and I I've been studying sort of like the concepts and the the structure and foundation of this style, so it wasn't really a big deal to me. the The thing that that you have to know when you do one on one stuff is everybody learns differently, and people, um, you know they. 
how do I explain this? Sort of like they react differently to the way that you think that you need to teach them. And so I just kind of molded that way to, you know, get everybody that I needed to have learned this stuff to really get it hammered into their heads. How did this come about? Did they find you? I can't imagine you were like, I wonder if Marvel <laughs> needs anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so actually, the, the execu- one of the executive producers, Stephen Broussard, emailed me. Um, this is actually funny. So he emailed me, and he, but he emailed an email that I don't check. So literally a month later, I checked that email, and I'm like, okay, some guy from Marvel? And I'm reading into it more. I'm kind of like getting more wide-eyed. I'm like, wait. Did I just miss a chance to do a Marvel thing? And so I em- like immediately email him back, and I'm like, "Hey, like you know, so, so sorry that I missed this email. Oh my god, like oh, I'd super be interested, whatever." And then I sent it, and then I was thinking to myself, I was like, "Okay, I don't know why I got all riled up. Like, why? First of all, why would Marvel want like a hand dancer? This is probably BS. Okay, whatever." And then I moved on with my life, and I think. A week later, he was like, okay, great. Like, come into Marvel Studios and, like, let's have a chat. And I was like, oh, this is real. So, <laughs> so then, I, yeah, so I went to, went to the Marvel Studios in, in Burbank. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, I sat down with him and the director, Scott Derrickson, and we just kind of had, like, an hour-long chit-chat. And the, the main thing was that they, they wanted magic in this film. And they wanted it to be to be differentiated from all other magic in movies. So, so no wands, no um, spells, no like no casting, before, yeah. like exactly. No the force salamander, right? <laughs> and, exactly. And they they really didn't like when like someone's hand comes out and then like a really complicated thing happens. They didn't see like any cohesiveness in that, right? Which I agree. And I watch a lot of anime, and anime is really good at. Um, at the physicality of powers coming out. So I don't think it's really, it's tough to see someone just like kind of hold their, like they'll hold their finger out and then like something floats and then changes into something. It's like, they usually have rules. Like if you watch Full Metal Alchemist, um, there are actually rules to every magic thing that happens. And I really like that kind of stuff. So we were, we were just talking through some of those sort of things and just throwing things back and forth and, I think at the end of the end of it, they were just really convinced that I would be the person to do it. And what is it? Was it choreographing and coming up with what they would be, or teaching them, or both, yeah, or more, or neither? At everything. I mean, everything from like, oh, is this going to be a magic system where you do like, like a routine of something, or does each movement mean something, and blah blah. blah. We're going back and forth in the in the beginning. Um, these characters were doing really. Uh, complicated finger stuff and then when we started doing screen tests we were like uh, the finger stuff doesn't translate very well screen it's test not- meaning like before you're actually shooting the movie you're just like recording some footage to see if this is going to play yes and then we had some of the these really awesome vfx people sort of overlay the stuff on there and it was like uh, you know for this to be on the big screen and this stuff is just not translating right because so, it was too elaborate it was just taking too long you know what it's I don't know how to explain it, but it just didn't look good, and I didn't like it. And I, I've seen it done in like other um, other shows, and it also doesn't look so great. And I was like, no, I, I need to. Th- I'm thinking of something else. So I started. I started trying to mix it a little bit with martial arts. So it's kind of like a weird hybrid between tutting, finger tutting, and martial arts. And I, so I, it looks. It's bigger. It's not at, not at the finger level, except for the uh, the eye of Agamotto and another move. So it just evolved over time to what we felt like would make sense. But it's, it's still behind it had the foundation of every movement has a has a meaning. When you say over time, how long were you working on this? And when you're working on it, that was that like your full time job, and you weren't able to you know teach dance and do all these other things that you're usually doing. Yes, absolutely. I I literally moved to London for seven months, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, so. okay. And then, what did you, so what did you guys actually decide? Like, is there, if I sat there and I, like, broke down all of the movements that I see in the film, like, is there a system to it? Like, yes. And 
just in a broad way, how does that work? Like, what is yes. what what is the what is the system? So, so I haven't I haven't written it out. Like, you, it's not really available anywhere. But I'm I'm thinking of I, I'll I'll talk to them to see if this is something they'd be interested in. But I made sure that on my end, everything was cohesive and made sense. So if you watch the movie and you watch every sequence of movements leading up to a spell, I have a name for each and they all symbolize sort of like a, if you, I sort of think of it as like an alchemy, you're combining like two to three elements together and they spark this thing. So when you say it makes sense, that's kind of funny because we're talking about someone who's like shooting laser bolts out of his hands, right? right? So there's not like a realistic model of what it's supposed to be. So what makes it make sense? Just that he's combining (laughs) these elements? Yeah, so (laughs) if you watch the movies talking about like he's trying to abide by these rules that make no sense and the Ancient One is talking about these spells being the source code of reality. Um, And it's literally just that. I try to make it into a language. And it's like if you... It's sort of like you say this sentence and it means this. But you also have to use the words, you know, it's the words in it that kind of make up the meaning. But at the end, it's the sentence that has the, you know, that's portraying something to you. And so the whole routine would be a sentence. And then each one are words that you can switch around and it's a different spell that would come out. Can you give me an example? Like what is a word that might be in a sentence? Okay, so if you you watch the... The movement of the eye of Agamotto. Mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. start you start with a hand motion that represents the eye. It just occurred and to me that we should maybe explain what Doctor Strange is in case anyone is, didn't see the movie. <laughs> but real quick, in case you didn't see it, Doctor Strange is uh, a wizard of sorts. He's a sorcerer, I suppose. And mm-hmm. um, I guess you got it. He's, he's a magician. He does like he does like hand motions to cast spells. Mm-hmm. People got it. All right, keep going. <laughs> so yeah, so you you represent the eye with your hands, and then you you open it. And the opening is sort of like you you just started to release the power of it. And that's another movement. And then you come out and you spin. And the spinning is symbolizing this like this circular representation of time, which it, it didn't have to be. It could have been it could have been anything, but I think just more readily in my head, it was cool to for have it in a circle. So he comes back and the and that movement itself is sort of like him holding on to time. And then he has like these finger rolls back and forth and that's sort of moving him forward and backwards in time. So that one, that one specifically, if you were to take, you know, each of those movements and rearrange them, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same thing at all. And I made that one specifically strange like that because it's not of, how do I say this? It's not the same language as the rest of the stuff in the movie because it comes from a different um, it comes from a different universe. And so if you look at him doing like the whip or actually let's take the shield. So in the shield, he like smashes his fist to his hand and then he, and then he presses out and then he comes back into like a fighting stance. And so like in my mind, I had like the fist to the hand had a name. I wrote it down, but yeah, I probably should have brought that. But anyway, so that has a name and then pushing it out. That position also has a name and those two together in that sequence, it says shield. And depending on how you would like back up, you could either do the double shield or you could have held it out and pressed up. And then that would just create like the really large shield that you see uh, at the end that he uses for something that I won't spoil. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah, so sort of like that. So if you say, if it's like rock, paper, magic, or paper, rock, magic, there are that magic at the end will be a different thing, if that makes sense. How long did it take to actually teach all these movements to these actors? Mm, you know, in the beginning, yeah, in the beginning when um, when they were really intricate finger movements, it was taking them quite a long time. But all of them were really dedicated and they were <laughs> really fascinated by the movement. So, um they were really excited to be doing that. And as it changed, there's, you know, they're sort of like, Oh man, we wanted to do the weird finger stuff. <laughs> and, but as it changed, it also got a much easier to learn, uh, which I, which I think was important because a lot of the times, um, we were working, um, on a really tight schedule because something would change that, you know, any, even small things like how a spell might 
make Benedict move too much in a in like a rig setup on the di- like literally on the day of it would be like in five minutes I need to think of a completely different spell that he needs to do that won't move him around in that rig. So you're like on set. I mean, you're you're I'm really you're really up there. Yeah, I'm on set every day. And I don't know, was that fun? Seems pretty fun. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. It was <laughs> super awesome. And I'm just watching, you know, I'm watching every at just everything going on. Everyone is a is a genius and an expert at what they're doing. You know, Marvel doesn't play around with who they hire and put on to do their things. Just, you know, some of the and I since I've never you know, I've never worked on a movie myself. I did not know how many different areas of expertise go into this movie. Well, so I'm go ahead. Think about what a small piece you're doing, and it's a cool piece and it's a unique piece. But like, you are on set as the professional finger motion supervisor. So like, right. um, that's that's like your job. Like, imagine all the other jobs that must exist if they hire a professional finger right. motion supervisor. You know, like. Yeah. Um, do you know of there? Were, were you aware of anyone on set like who was also had like a unique role like that? Oh, of course. Like who, who would that be? So the dialect coach, which I, I don't think that's a that's not a very bizarre job. That that totally makes sense. To yeah, me. that's Bennett, a standard Hollywood thing. Sure. Yeah, but what I didn't know was that she also has to coach him on how to. Um, on, excuse me, how to how the other actors are going to speak languages that don't exist. Oh, so, that's interesting. So when they're chant, so when they're chanting the Dormammu um, spells, that's that. Okay, this is the fun part. So one of the so they hired another person to actually make that language. Um, I might be getting this wrong, but I believe it's the same person who did the. Game of Thrones Dothraki. A language. previous Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show podcast guest, David uh, David Peterson. Yes, I believe it's the same uh, person. Classic Jeff Rubin, Jeff uh, Rubin Show guest. Yeah. <laughs> and so he made the actual language, and then, but the grammar and enunciation had to be taught by the dialect coach. I guess the dialect and coach. Then, sorry, keep going. Oh, no, I was going to say. And then there's another person who does uh, writing languages. And so all the books. Right. You know, if you were to open them, his script is all in it. And anytime that you saw some sort of like alien calligraphy type thing, that was all written by him. And that's that's literally what he does is he can just write up, you know, really bizarre alien looking languages out of nowhere. <laughs> so well, I'll tell you what. I, to it. I'll, yeah, it's dialect coach. I guess it's funny, like, because I guess Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, he's speaking uh, he's uh, doesn't speak with an English accent in the movie. He's a, he has an American yeah. accent, so I guess yep. she has her work cut out for her. Though I'm like, just just make Doctor. I I wish they just made Doctor Strange British rather than be <laughs> having to. Ad- that would have been easier for me to adjust to than hearing Benedict Cumberbatch in an American accent. Just make him British. Right. I don't care. That's it's all good. Yeah, and you know he only spoke in an American accent on set. Every time I talked to him, it was an American accent. Oh yeah, I guess you want to you want to you want to stay you know kind of locked into that. But yeah. I, I, I want, I'll tell you what I told David when he was on the show, which is that I love hearing about these things because they're obviously details. I think very few people are aware of the work you're doing and like mm-hmm. consciously pick up on it. Um, right. And like you know, are they could like to have the made-up language in a book, like, sure, it could probably just, like, get a kid to doodle it or whatever, because it's, like, a Mm made-up language. Like, no one's actually trying to decipher the language. But, like, you get enough of those things, and you put them all together, and in the case of Game of Thrones and in the case of Doctor Strange, it adds up, and even when, you're like, you're not perceiving, like, all of these details, it adds up to create, like, a a more immersive experience, and it makes it just that much more fun. And the the thing that I think of, too, is uh, when you don't think of those details. So it's like this. When you do think of those details and you put them in, no one notices. But if you don't think of the details and you, you know, you start to leave things out, people, there's just something when they watch the movie, they're like, I don't know why I don't, I don't like this. You know what I mean? They only notice if you did it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. did it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Game of Thrones is just full of stuff like that. Like, there is someone on set whose job is like, oh, that costume can't have a button. They don't have buttons in Dorne. Where would they get metal for <laughs> buttons, you know? Like, they're, they're really involved in that over there. Yeah. Uh, so 
this is like um this is interesting because you started off as a dancer and you, you got this specialty, but now you're like opening up this like whole new wing of career that I can't it's just hard to imagine you you would have prepared yeah. for or thought about. Like what is what has this experience made you think about uh the rest of your career? And now's probably a good time to bring up that you said that there were some non dancing things you were interested in getting into eventually too. Yeah. So I think in terms of, you know, the professional movement designer thing. Uh, I won't. I won't say that I created that name. Um, I have. I have friends. If you guys want to look up X Z Y Z, I think it. I'm not going to remember. But if you, if, you know, if you just type in Pac-Man or Philip Chabib, you'll probably find the projects. They're also really great. You might uh, have to put in Pac-Man design. Tutting to get more specific. Otherwise, right, right. But anyway, they're, they're really great too. Um, I just sorry. I just like to plug my friends. No, but, totally. It's good to hear. I, I love hearing. <clears throat> it's cool to hear that there's just a community around this stuff. Cause I, don't, yeah. I, I was not clear on that. Mm-hmm. So with that, I'm just trying to think of different ways to like sort of expand that brand. But I, I'll, I'll definitely tell you that I'm not um, expecting it to support me. The, so right now, the, the, the movie yeah. business. Right. <laughs> so uh, right now I'm studying data science and I've just started a clothing brand called dynamic with my with uh, three of my friends um, and so specifically we're doing uh, sort of like athletic material clothing for dancers who we've called creative athletes we'll probably branch out from that later so you're doing um, math and you're still listing so I apologize for interrupting but yes. just on the list so far is math mm-hmm. slash data uh, yeah. commerce and starting a business comma yes. dancing yes keep going <laughs> and I also have a like a video production project called Creative Rift. Um, we film mainly dance events, and we we're, we direct and produce our own dance concept videos. We're trying to branch out um, to include other skill based talents like yo yoing, gloving, all the flow arts, um, any man- object manipulation thing we really like. So, and that's one of them. Uh, How do you like? decide what you're like what are you doing tomorrow like how do you juggle all these different things <laughs> and decide what to prioritize on a given day um you just try to you try to take a look at at like each company and you know decide what the urgency is for everything and when, when there's no urgency across any of them you just start you know fleshing more things out there's always some i mean there's really always something to do tomorrow i'm pretty booked for uh job interview so so you're interviewing other people are you interviewing for jobs no i'm interviewing for jobs yes and is that like movie dance jobs what do what 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 kind of work you looking for uh actually digital media marketing and social media marketing it's my background it's kind of funny it's it's my background background? yes that is not one of the things we've already discussed it's a completely new thing Come yes. on, man. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's my – and but the thing, too, is, like, I've always wanted to um, make sure that I'm, I'm true to my educational background because I've always, I've always had this love-hate relationship with math, and I, I don't ever want to really be leaving that arena. So even my marketing positions have involved data and, and numbers. So but I want to go full-fledged into data science. Jay, you sound like a very busy man, and I am extraordinarily flattered you made time to appear on the <laughs> podcast. Let me try to make it worth it for you and send some people your way. We already talked about it in the beginning, but how can people find you online, watch these videos we've mm-hmm. been talking about for an hour, all that good stuff? Mm-hmm. So I'm probably most active on my Instagram account, which is J-A-Y-F-U-N-K underscore J-D, so J-Funk underscore J-D. And then my Facebook page is uh facebook.com slash jfunkjd no underscore like a, a lot of people will just type in jfunk and that's that's not it <laughs> so yeah. those two places and then uh i'm also on twitter i like to reply a lot on twitter which is jfunk underscore jd dude i it's great to hear about i mean it's uh a very interesting career and i i i probably say this often but i don't think i often mean it as much as i do right now i cannot wait to hear what you do next because this is uh, <laughs> it's there's, there's a lot of skills you're drawing from to do some really interesting mm-hmm. things uh 
and I just uh, can't wait to see where it goes. Thanks so much for uh, making time to be on the show. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, of course. Pretty good episode, right? My guy. Really something. Uh, if you want more Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show, I will be back in two weeks. Um, usually um, I don't release an episode around the holidays, but uh, this year I took Thanksgiving off instead of Christmas, so I will have a new episode in two weeks, and not only will I have a new episode, it's going to be a new episode uh, about uh, a futuristic pizzeria, the, the likes of which you, you've never heard. So be back in two weeks for the last Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin show of 2016. It will be an episode about a futuristic pizzeria. I'll see you there. Ooh! You'll hear about it first if you find me on Twitter, where I'm at Jeff Rubin Show, on my Facebook fan page, uh, jeffrubinjeffrubinshow.com, has every episode of the show, including this one, and in two weeks it'll have that one. Um, okay, now I think we're done. I'll see you in two weeks. Bye! That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>